I never really knew my grandpa, my dad's dad. When I was little, he was in a nursing home with Alzheimer's. I met him, but he couldn't remember who I was and he'd sometimes forget who my dad was. He passed away in 2010. And then around five years later, there was a man living in the house that he built. And this man, Damon, was telling the neighbors that he was channeling my grandpa and my grandma. And so me and my auntie went to meet him. We do talk about suicide in this episode, which I know can be distressing. So please look after yourself. And if now's not the time to listen to this, maybe skip it. Okay, so we're standing out the front of the house that my grandpa built in Brighton. I'm with my auntie Janice, my dad's sister. I think she introduces this story really well, so I'm just going to cut to her. Yeah, sure. So this is my old family home, and it was built by my father in 1952, I think. He made it look Georgian, um, with lots of shutters on the windows and a lovely uh, big doorway with the sign 50 on it, 50 Wally Grove. And um, I lived in it for the first 19 years of my life, but I've always come back here and my mother absolutely wanted to stay living here until she passed away. She passed away at the age of 92, so she had a long time in this house. Um, It's in a lovely leafy part of Brighton, which is one of the more sort of, uh, you know, settled and wealthy suburbs of Melbourne and um, and now it's uh, it was sold when my mother passed away and uh, rented by the man who wants to create a development here of several townhouses and uh, the person who moved in is a, is a person who calls himself Damon I don't know if that is his real name uh, but my next door neighbour the next door neighbour to the house started telling me that Damon I felt that he was channeling my father. So I really wanted to come down here to Brighton um, to find out about Damon and whether he was channeling my father. I came up here the other day and he did agree to come outside and meet me and told me that, first of all, asked me about did I have a dog, which I did have, and he described my Kelpie to a T and said that this Kelpie was visiting him. So that was a pretty interesting start. Then he said that both my mother and my father were visiting him in this house and that my mother didn't like him smoking and stomped around angrily whenever he smoked and she really didn't like smoking. And my father uh, really liked him being there because this house was my father's pride and joy and that quite often he'd open doors for them and that anyone who came to stay only lasted five days because the house is definitely haunted and so he's the only one who can kind of he, he likes all these spirits being around so we're here today Harry and I to see if we can speak further with him yeah and what are you hoping to like, get out of it look I think sometimes that people who are on the boundaries of of mental health um, because they've pulled down all the sort of shackles of convention that sometimes they have a wider perception than the rest of us who are stuck in all sorts of norms and I mean my interest is to see what he can see about Neville and Betty Hmm. yeah Yeah, cool 
I remember there were lots of things in the front yard. Old mattresses, bits of scrunched up plastic, a vintage car, and on the roof, next to the chimney, was a big Santa puppet, and teddy bears were tied up in the trees. He keeps this light on. This light outside the house was my father's surgery light. He only had the surgery here in the early parts of the 50s. We stopped using that light decades and decades ago. And suddenly, my ne the next door neighbour noticed that this light had come back on. And, um, you know, some pe it was a red light at that point, And some people complained and said that the house was being used as a brothel. But it was just that Damon had found the light. Damon? Oh, he's hey Damon. Uh, uh, Damon's not here. Oh, are you are you Sting? No, I'm Hugo. Oh, nice to meet you, Hugo. I'm Hello. Janice, Janice Hayes. How you doing, Janice? And this is my nephew, hey. Harry Hayes. Hey, Harry. And Damon's not here. No, he's um actually gone to mine with my missus to um hang out a bit, I think. Oh. Yeah, they buggered off this morning. Oh. They haven't come back. Oh. Yeah, my my girlfriend kind of likes the um, the gay guys though. She hates she hates normal blokes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> are, you, are you trying to say Damon's gay? He's kind of gay, I think so. Yeah. Uh -huh. Oi, oi. Oh, this is his lovely dog, isn't it? This is this is um, this is Sting's dog. Oh, this is Sting's dog. Right. Yes, this is Polo. So there's about three guys living in here. Oh no, it's just um, just Sting and Damon. Uh -huh. oh, just Sting it? and Damon. Yeah. Uh, so you're just yeah. I asked I stayed here last night. Yeah, yeah. So um. Damon was going to talk to Harry and I about the hauntings in the house. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. me and Damon were talking about it the other day. Yeah. He, was, he was telling me about some of the weird cuckoo stuff that goes on in here. Yeah, right. But he's nowhere around. No, um, I'm about to head off to mine now. Does he have your number? Yeah, I don't know if he... No, I've got his number, but he hasn't got mine. Okay. Um, Do you want to take it down or something? Yeah, come on, Polly. Come, yeah. come on, buddy. Come on. How is it in there? And when are they deciding... When are they pulling the place down? Um... Because I thought it was very soon. Well, actually, I actually thought it was this week. That's what I. That's what Damon said. He thought that we're going to pull this place down this week. Yeah. I'll just get a pen. The front yard's probably not how you remember it. Dishevelled. <laughs> oh my golly! I mean, imagine what Beth and everyone in the street thinks. I mean, this is just crazy. There's things like things hanging in the trees and yeah so my name's Janice so, and I'm the original owner's daughter oh really yeah yeah wow. so I lived in this house for you know close to 20 years yeah because um the other day when he told me something about it he goes, yeah. go, he goes go go check the room and even when I stepped into the room you could just you could feel things? Yeah, it didn't feel right. Right. It didn't feel right. No okay all. okay so number zero four double zero can we, I, can we come in and have a look? Houses and places. I know, I know. Nice. But Damon said next time he'd let me in. Yeah, but I'm not, I'm not Damon. Yeah. And yeah. It's, I don't, you, you don't want to let me in? No. No, okay. The place is a bit... um. Crazy. Well, if you, you see what goes on out here... Yeah, yeah. Um, How yeah. long have you known Damon? I actually met Damon about a week ago, but right. I've known Sting for about 18 years. Oh, right, so you've known Sting for a long yeah, time. Me, yeah, me and Sting yeah. go way back from oh, Perth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And Sting's not here this morning? He's dead on the couch. <laughs> okay, so we're not going to get a word out of Sting, are we? You won't even get a, sh a shiver out of him. <laughs> I've, been trying to wake, I've been trying to wake him up all morning so I can find someone to lock the door when I leave. But yeah. I've just got to wait for his penis, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
Weird, weird stuff does go does go on, but I've, I haven't seen anything <laughs> yet. Extra normal. Yeah, but Damon Damon's been scared out of his room before, so yeah. he's heard weird shit go on. Yeah. But yeah, that that room does feel a bit. Iffy. That room up there. Or which room? Um, Damon's rooms here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the other bathrooms on the other other side of the, yeah. the building. Yeah. It's the one next to the toilet, next to the shower. Right. Yeah. That little one. Uh, yeah, yeah, the little one, yeah. Oh my god, that's my old room. <laughs> yeah. So we came back a few days later. Hello, it's Janice. Yes, it is Damon. Hello, Janice. Hello. And Harry. Old home. Hello, Damon. <laughs> oh, I thought this is your cat. Oh, wow. That's the cat. When Damon opened the door, he was holding a mummified cat. And that was under the house. Oh, hey, my mate. God. How that, are you going? That's incredible. My dad would absolutely love that because uh, he was really into anatomy. Yeah, I know. I think he made it. <laughs> this is Grace. Hi, Grace. This is Janice. I'm Janice and, this is and Harry. Yeah. Hi. Hello. They're just her mother and Aurora and Grace. They're just visiting. What does Grace think of the cat? Is it scary? No. Good. It's just something that's been dead for a long time. Very long time Very since good. I was a child. I love how matter of fact you are, Grace. Yeah. <laughs> we go inside. Thanks for letting us in. The house has a fair bit of junk in it, but it still feels homely. No, it's cool. We remember this place, and it'll be the last time Janice and I are here. Did you have to You better start filming. This house is Alpha Rune. Do you know about Alpha Room? No. It's like, you know, where magic originated. This this is where the magic originates, is it? Yeah. We went into the lounge room. First thing I noticed was where there used to be ventilation ducts in the walls. There were now gaping holes. The 1960s carpet is still going strong. A bit musty, but it's been like that for decades. The room's full of secondhand furniture. Some functional and some not. We sat down on comfy chairs. Introducing Polo. Polo was sitting right in front of the microphone and was very interested in the fluffy thing. I actually think the house is I think he thinks good. it's a bird. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Or a cat. I think you've done Either it really way. nicely. It's got a really... Damon's kind of loud and nice charismatic with these attentive eyes and a kind of wild spirit. He's got two pupils in one eye. He seems honest and... A Bit of a rambler. Yes, yes. I'm an artist too. Like I'm a photographer. Yeah. I did fine arts at uni, and, uh -huh. and I'm shoot fashion advertising, and um, and I just I'm writing a book called Delirium in the Diminished Seven. And um, what does that mean to you, Delirium? <laughs> <an> abstract reality, <laughs> in and out of my head. <laughs> Damon offers us drinks, and I have what he's having. Jan wants a water. He goes to the kitchen and leaves Grace in the hot seat. Do you come here often? Yeah. Mm -hmm. mm, well, I've only been here about three times. Mm -hmm. And do you think it's a spooky place? No. I think it's just been here for a long time. It has. Mm. How do you know Damon? Oh, my mum just knows him. I don't know how. Mm. Yeah. It's actually a really nice place, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. It's got beautiful rooms. I keep on thinking the treasure's in those walls. The treasure might be somewhere, well... Because, 
Tell you what, my dad was always hoping for a bit of treasure, but it never really came his way. I've been using the pendulum, but it always keeps on pointing to those holes in the walls. Oh, right. Oh, right. Used, uh, who taught you, you how you to go? use the pendulum? When you, leave, when you leave, when you leave, yeah. um, I'll, give, I'll give you some oak, some of oh, the oak tree. Thank you. Because do you know the bulldozers yeah, are coming I know on that, Wednesday? I know, I know. Wednesday, is it? Yeah. 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 Oh, sad. that's really sad. So, yeah. yeah. Finally, we get talking about Neville. Now, tell me about your dad. Was he like? He was he a bit of a like, bit of a wizard kind of guy? He he. A I wouldn't. Of a, bit of a Merlin. He no. He did not believe in any of that, Damon. He was an absolute materialist. He believed totally that the body was like a mechanism, and um, he was brought up in a fundamentalist Christian family. But because he was so clever, he questioned all of that stuff, and he never really found the balance between. You know, b- believing I've in God or not believing in God. Don't way, worry, don't way. worry. I'll have one of those then. I'll have Damon breaks off to get Jan's drinks. This happens a couple times. When Jan is dismissing the possibility of Neville being magic, Damon breaks away. He comes back and tells us he doesn't get along with Betty, my grandma, who's apparently also haunting the house or maybe just in communication with Damon. My, your mother doesn't like me. Yeah, well... I just have she's... to say that. I don't get along with Betty, but I get along with Neville. Oh, that's good. I'm glad. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> I slept in the room, that room up there last week oh, for the right. first time ever, right. and I was astral travelling, and um, I was like, and I was like, just starting to like, get used to it again. And then your mother came out of the roof, and she was like, started like, hitting my head, and was like... Grace's mum, Aurora, comes into the room uh, with her friend, but then they leave to go get a Coke, and Damon runs off again too. So it's just me and Janice sitting in the living room. Somehow it still feels cosy. It feels great. It feels like home. It feels like, you know, whenever I came down, this is where I stayed. This is my home. Even with all the stuff in here. I love all this crazy stuff. I think it's beautiful. Yes, Mel? Would you like anything else down the shop? Um, just um, some um, pink blancmange. What? No, I'm good, thanks. <laughs> can I just have a little look at the loop? Yeah, of course. Can I just have a little look? You can use it. No, I don't need With Janice gone, I ask Damon a question. Um, so, do you think... All ghosts kind of hang around, or why do you think Betty and Neville are? Well, I think they were kind of like um, I think um, there was more to Neville than um, what I think he was um, I think he lived like a few lives at once actually. Yeah. I believe he like he worked out the coding for life travel. I can't get this. Wow, back. I want to hear more about that. Seriously. Yeah. Wow, wow. Do you know I, I did That's your dad? Did, did your dad work out the coding for light travel possibly? <laughs> I really, he really wasn't a person who believed oh, in Sorry, anything. I'm he wasn't even sure about life after death because. Is there a possibility that your dad could have been living like a double th- life? Three of, of your dad at the same time, possibly? He took a lot of drugs and so he, he was yeah, involved in a lot of altered states. I reckon I know Neville quite well, actually. You know, when he threw away his religion, he kind of threw everything away. Neville grew up as a Methodist. My nan went to a Quaker primary school, and she grew up with the Church of England. So my mum and dad both came from these backgrounds of different religions. But um, anyway, 
Do you like Indians? Indians? Yeah. I do, yeah. Yeah, you have like an Indian spirit around you, don't you? (laughs) That's an interesting thing to say. American Indian, I mean. Oh, that is very weird because I've been thinking a lot about that recently. Mm. Wow, Mm. good on you, Damon. Yeah. Do you think you'd th- you think you're psychic, don't you? Or you know you're psychic? Well, I get told I'm psychic a lot. Yeah. Mm. But so I think I'm just in touch with like I've got I've just and I and this house has made me realize about another sense that I have and that's like I conduct electricity, but like Damon says he thinks he conducts electricity. And he goes on a long tangent about different times he's been shocked around the house. He does some sort of demonstration. I'll just show you. Would you like a demonstration? Sure. Yeah, sure. Okay. I'll use this for instance. This is just intense, but... I can't remember exactly what he's doing here. I've just got the audio now to go off. Yeah, 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 yeah. I do remember not yeah. feeling super convinced. And like in like my um like when I go to sleep it's like going to my second job, like I have the most extraordinary dreams. Like I go and then fly all over. Damon the world goes into like, great detail about a couple of dreams he's had lately. And another time I was like delivering gold to like um Alexander the Great and then and then You've had a, have you had a basically good time here over the two years? Or yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I love I love living here. Oh really? Like um, flatmates don't really don't particularly last very long. Um, it's like the five day rule. They move in and they um, move out within five days. Yeah. Because. Well, I think that the gargoyle uh, attaches itself to. I've seen it jump off Polo and then it jump off onto another friend and like Polo was like possessed and then I and then I. I've got like this crystal and I go and, I, and like it cuts it out and it makes it creates a window and then it goes but instead of doing that it jumps straight onto my friend and my friend went like mm, like that and I could see his eyes started going like that and he, he was like he went evil all of a sudden <sighs> and he and, and he, was, oh, he was like going like oh, like that it was really strange does and, that gargoyle imagery mean anything to you? Not. It lives in the bedroom above the bathroom, and it pisses inside the house. Um, that be- that bedroom above the bathroom is my old bedroom. So of course, when was it your old bedroom? Yeah, and when right. Beth said, um, or when not, was the guy we met, Hugo, said mm. it's in the little room. I found that very um, deeply disturbing. You know. Because uh, that's my childhood up in that room, right. and um, I guess I retreated to that room a lot because the house was pretty, pretty crazy. But you know, my dad spent twenty five years in a psychiatric geriatric ward. That's I mean, Did he, was he ever um, a patient at um, Goodner or, or Mayday Hill? I don't know. Beechworth. That is where they said they were going to send him. And he decided he wasn't going to go there because he would have been locked up. So he ran away from Royal Park and uh, he disappeared for about, I don't know, 18 months or something. And then one day Sally came home from school and he was back upstairs in the bedroom um, and he decided to come back, you know. So then, um, yeah, so anyhow, then he was here for a few more years. Uh, I have a feeling your dad spent a lot of time alone too. Yeah, a lot of time, I think. Mm. Yeah, he was very misunderstood, wasn't he? A very misunderstood character, absolutely, you know? Yeah. Yeah. He was picked on. 
And he uh, had a break, I suppose you'd, you'd say he had a breakdown because he stopped being a doctor. Would you like to see that we had a bone cupboard? A bone? Yeah, we found lots of bones in the house. Damon says oh, he's found a lot of bones place. around um, the property that he wants to show yeah. us. I think so. Well, there's, there's some, there's, um, I've got a friend, his father's a professor of anatomy at Monash mm. and I gave him one particular bone. Because I was scared they might have been human and then they, like, forensics had come in and they'd kick us out. So I, didn't do, I, well, I was very particular in which bones I decided to give him. Mm -hmm. So I give him this and he goes, this is a very strange bone, this one. He goes, it was a possum bone but it was killed in a ritual and, um, and it was eaten at the same time it was killed as it was still alive. He said it was, I can't remember exactly, but basically it was like a, some kind of um, black, black magic. Black magic. Yeah, and that, was, that bone was... was above the entrance to underneath the house. I really find this friend at Monash story hard to believe. Like, how could a bone show that it was eaten alive? I can hear Janice and I, like, humouring Damon sometimes and sort of not wanting to push back too hard. But anyway, this bone story, true or not, is another way of Damon demonstrating that Neville did some sort of black magic. And I had a feeling your dad practised maybe a little bit of black magic. <laughs> that is a really peculiar thing to say, but this, you, uh, I, will, any... I will say something that he, he felt... Sorry, excuse me. <laughs> Damon cuts Jan off to go and get the bones. <laughs> oh, I see. These might be things from the garden, are they? Yeah, under the house and somewhere in the house. And then, and then Bloody Sting, my housemate, because yeah. he was drunk. He bleached yeah. them all. I don't know why. The number he did that. of bones in here, Harry, is unbelievable. I mean, this is no small amount of bones. Oh, there's heaps more, too. Uh, I mean, I don't know what, what that means. I mean, where do bones like that come from? What I mean, you, what's what? that big bone? That's a bone from a bloody sheep or a cattle or something. Or that's huge. Or a brontosaurus. And then there's, there's a little, you know, that's a cat or a possum or something, isn't it? A oh. skull. And <clears> then all these bones. I mean, I don't know. I, there's, I mean, a lot of cats lived and died and then, here. And then, and, I, and then I find, you and know. And then I, the dog is buried in the garden. Yeah. Chocolate Kelpie. A Kelpie was black, brown and black. He loved hanging around the kitchen, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Oh, thank you. You're so, so I put them in the freezer. Oh. I've never this got, got ice. Things digress for a while. There's a long story about the fridge, how it died. So I bring it back to black magic. No. A, what, what were you saying, Jan, about the, the black magic? I'm going to grab you a <laughs> Coke. So oh, you like one, Janice? Yes, thank you. He, he, he did say to me, you know, that he was... I mean, he was the person who suffered from paranoia, and he said once, you know... I suffer from paranoia too. I've got this voodoo doll and I'm sticking pins in it for every doctor in this, in, this sub, in this suburb, you know. But I was a little girl and I thought, I thought that was funny. I just laughed, you know. Would you like to see mine? I've got it. I kept it yeah. in the freezer. Yeah. <laughs> did you think he was experimenting with yeah. that kind of medicine? Yep. No, I, yep. th I think he was. I think he was just angry and trying to think of any way he could to put a hex on anyone that was trying to bring him down. Mm. I think he suffered a lot from paranoia. Yeah. yeah. And there are all these other doctors in this area who led very um, balanced and normal lives, and he couldn't do that. And so maybe he did moved to parts like that of his mind. I don't know, but that's the only time he I ever expressed it to me. Mm. I, 
but he was an unhappy man who took a lot of drugs and when he took those drugs he was often very very angry you know was he? he'd take drugs that agitated him yeah took a lot of speed and then took he did, and not, I don't think he ever got into heroin. He took speed, and then he'd take barbiturates to come I down. Too. I found so many of that in buried in the garden everywhere. What's pethidine? Uh, it's like a, it's a bar, barbiturate yeah, from the same, same, like a same fa similar family as morphine and yeah. heroin's like oh, an ex yeah. extension of that. But it could well have been that he took pethidine. I mean, that was. What about? Did you know about the the um, the thingos in the roof? What are the things in the roof? Well, and the shoots that come down through the house in the middle of the house and then <laughs> shoot things out the side. <laughs> no. Did you did you experience that growing up? Did people, a lot of people go a bit crazy in this house? Yeah, it was a house that was full of craziness. That's true. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I didn't go crazy and I and didn't have a breakdown, but a lot of people in, in the house had breakdowns. Yeah. Then we get into the house's vibrations and the Illuminati how they designed Brighton, and how the house is situated in the eye of Ra. And then do you know how there's like the, the design of Brighton is like a mini version of London and Paris. It's like the Illuminati designed the, the design. Right. And where this house is actually situated is actually in the eye of Ra. And what is the eye, eye of Ra? What is the eye of Ra? It's like the, is, uh, Ra is like the, a god. A god. An Egyptian god? Yeah, an Egyptian god. And what was Ra? Ra's a male god and what's Ra? Is, the, is, the, is that light, the sun. Light, light. Yeah. Uh -huh. And your dad loved the light. Uh -huh. And um, that's why I believe he worked out coding for light travel. Light travel. Mm. Mm. Wow. You give him, you're giving him a, a lot. I mean, he was a very clever man. He He's certainly was. Clever. Really clever. And um, that... You know, I, I once said to him, you know, I think he needed to balance that with a bit of feeling, Dad. And he said... Did he have, did lack a bit of emotion? And he, and he said, I think I felt far too much. So he felt he'd felt too much, that he needed to be more rational. But I don't know. He certainly needed some sort of balance. I've, see, I've had quite a few visits to psychiatric boards myself. Yeah. Um, I've got... Um, I suffer from mental illness too, right. which is um, really um, it's hard being myself. Right. Because you, you know I'm I'm constantly going in and out of my body. Like my I'm my subconscious and conscious mind are like s so closely yeah. linked together. Like I can just slip right. between the two of them. Mm. That sort of explains some of the stuff Damon's been saying. I think, like when he asked us quite genuinely about the shoots coming out the middle of the house. But, um, like what I've, will you do on Wednesday when the bulldozers come? I'm about to start a new direction in my life and, and really um, go work with the spiritual part and I've, which I'm being drawn to. And mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. apparently I've got like the, um, the markings for the healer of healing. Yeah. And do you then, think Neville's helped you at all? Or yeah, no, he has. Neville has helped me. I lost my brother to suicide four years ago, my only sibling. And um, I had this dream about a year ago and I was sitting like in an orthodontist chair and, uh, and I was about to have like a, a lobotomy procedure. And I go, so how do I know it's you? And they go, don't worry, it's Neville and Hayden. It's my dead brother and, wow. and your dad. 
Well, look, he, that was the one thing that um, his patients absolutely loved him. He was an immensely compassionate doctor. You know, had all these crazy sorts of patients, and quite often they were here in the house. People who couldn't pay, people who paid <clears throat> by giving us a box load of kittens or a, you know, a, a tray of tomatoes or something <clears throat> instead of actually giving him any cash. Yeah. And he'd still look after them and care for them. He he had a great. Uh, he had a big heart, but he was a very troubled person himself. He thought he was, because of that background of that rigid Christianity, he thought he wasn't a good person, but he was. Damon tells us about how sociopaths are always coming into his life, and one of them recently set off his paranoid schizophrenia. And just as a content warning, this next part describes a suicide attempt actually tried to take my life like three months ago. Just, um, it's like I was on autopilot, ended up trying to jump off some cranes off North Road and the security caught me and then I was hang, hung myself from a tree and the branch broke, but then I took an overdose of drugs as well. So they brought me back to life from the tree, but then I died again from the... But obviously I wasn't meant to die because I'm... Still here. Yeah. Still here. If you attempt suicide, does that, do they take you to a mental hospital or something? Yeah, yeah, well, you wake up, you know, they have, you have, like, um, you're under watch, like, you're not allowed to go to the bathroom by yourself, and then and then you get moved to the psychiatric ward. And it was funny, I was, I was, there, I was there for, like, a good week, and I was, had like, I was having, like, 10 cups of coffee a day. It wasn't until I looked at it, I looked at it, it was, like, decaffeinated. So annoyed. Like, I'm not getting a buzz off this shit. <laughs> One hour into hanging out, Polo starts humping Grace. And, um... Polo, oh, oh, stop, Polo, stop that. Stop that. Polo. Wait, Polo. Come on, get off her. Come on. Come on, we're going. I think that's... Oh, Wait, Polo. Grace, tell him off. Now. Yeah. Bad Polo. Bad, Bad Polo. No, she's the boss of you. Then we were sitting there and Damon said something out of the blue. He stood up and said words that Neville used to say, almost word for word. That smoking's all right. Mm-hmm. And, um... Some people are meant to smoke and like, I'm meant to smoke and like... Janice would later tell me this was when she felt the most like Damon was channeling Neville. (laughs) Have you ever had another, like, have you ever channeled another sort of someone in a house you've been living in? Not like this one. This one, this house is definitely... I have a very um, big relationship with this house. Like, I feel like it was like fate that I was moved here. And, um... When did you sort of start feeling it? From the day I moved in here. Because I was here for two weeks by myself. And, um... Like, from the first night, I had lit up a cigarette and... And footsteps started walking down the staircase every time I'd light up a cigarette. Do you think you've found out everything you need to? Yeah, yeah. Like, it's just... It's... I've... It's given me... uh, It's empowered me. This house has empowered oh, me. I'm really glad about that. I'm really glad to have met you, Damon. Yeah. I feel yeah. like my head is just bursting at the moment, so I'm going to yeah, say, yeah, yeah, I, feel like, I, I feel like I've had enough. I've got to walk out the door. I can't believe that bag of bones that's just overwhelming. <laughs> I don't know whether they're my dog's bones or what the hell, or whether they're my many cats and kittens' bones or what they are. But anyhow, it's been amazing. Yeah, it's really nice to meet you. It's yeah. so very nice to yeah. meet you. Yeah, yeah. yeah good. Mm. I wish you all the best. Yeah, I same, really do. I really and, um, do from the depths of me. And no, and I wanted you to know that, like, I, me being the last person living in the house, yeah. like, c- 
completely respected and loved thank this you. house. Thank you. Yeah. And I knew your dad loved this yeah. house, and it's true. And it's been. I'm so glad that he's liked you being here. Yeah, I'm glad you came back here, and yeah, yeah. Oh. Thank you. Mm. Thanks a lot, Damon. Yeah. Yeah, keep in touch. And that was the last time we were there. It was bulldozed soon after. And now there's two modern townhouses in its place. It's a strange feeling I get when I look at them. My grandpa, my grandma, and the house they built are all gone now. That's what I feel when I see those townhouses, the mortality of everyone, how we'll all be forgotten eventually. Our stories might get told for a generation or two, but probably by the wrong people with the wrong emphasis on the wrong parts of our lives. I can't tell my grandpa's story and neither can Damon or Janice. So what can I say? I guess you just had to meet him yourself. If anything in this episode was particularly distressing, please call Lifeline on 131114. Thank you to Jack Wu for producing most of the music in this. The song you're hearing now is by Andy Lyons-Dawson. Thanks, Andy. Um, I'm realising with podcasting that I have to use original music, so if anyone wants to collaborate with me and do some music, that'd be really fun. I'm just really excited to have this medium. It's so accessible, and so far it's been free to host it online. If anyone wants to know how to do that, please get in touch. And yeah, see you next time. Toodles.